All right, everybody, welcome to episode 108 of the Fantasy Timeline, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network. I'm Josh at Real Fantasy TL. I'm with my main man, Bill, at Super Duper Flex, and the co-host with the most, Drew at Dr. Underscore PRA. Guys, how are you doing? Good, good. Happy to be back. It's been a few weeks, so I am... uh... Ready to get rolling. Yeah, Bill Bill has been, uh, if you see, Bill is nice and tan. He spent a little time uh, in Miami I don't tan. With, uh, with all the video girls and Will Smith, and I don't know who else hangs out in Miami, but uh, he was with all of them partnering it up. Uh, Drew, how you doing, man? Uh, still, still recovering from Monday night. But uh, otherwise, glad to be back. Glad to be back. Yeah, hard to believe it's been three weeks, Bill. Feels like so much has happened, and uh, it feels like it was just yesterday we did this. Yeah, um, if you don't know what Drew's talking about, big-time Buffalo Bills fan, um, he got beat by the uh, – I shouldn't say he. His team got beat by the uh, the three-pass three Mac Jones-led New England Patriots. But, Bill – we don't know nothing about that. Our team's won, baby. Our team's won. We don't know nothing about this losing thing. Drew's out here, team losing games. The Lions just, just taking teams to the woodshed now, winning games. I mean, Bill, yeah, I mean, play. hey, listen, I, I'm going to call that taking taking somebody to the woodshed when you're uh, when you're o o ten and one going into that game, but um. Bill, how do you feel, man? Uh, not gonna go um, un undefeated uh, this this season. The uh, zero is now stricken from the win column, and there is a one in its place. So, how do you feel, man? Yeah, it's nice. It's uh, it's nice to know that they're not going to uh, do another offer. Um, I've lived through that before, and um, I don't want to live through that again. Um, and the fact that we made it into double digits, um, starting to get a little nervous. So, um, yeah, happy that it's over and, um, you know, sorry, short logic. (laughs) (laughs) Um, by the way, Bill does not mean that sorry, because, uh, beating, beating a division rival for the first one is always makes it just a little bit sweeter, just a little bit, a little bit tastier, um. But yeah, I, I was watching Red Zone. They they pull up to that Lions game. Lions are uh, in in there. They're they're ready to win this thing. And you go, ah, they can't do it, man. It's uh, it's Jared Goff. It's the Lions. They're not. And then boom, Jared Goff just throwing dimes all over the place, winning it games. Was, it was kind of funny because you know I have the group of buddies. We always have our group chat going and. All of a sudden, like right when uh, the touchdown was scored, right at the end, every, I get like texts: "We're going to the Super Bowl," you know, like all that kind of stuff. Just, of course, mocking because we, of course, are just so jaded as fans. But um, yeah, it it was our only excitement for the year. So there you have it. Well, it's funny because I I love uh, I follow quite a few people from the Detroit area, and you know they're talking about when the uh, when the parade is going to come through for the for the win, and you know, 
Uh, but it's good, man. You never, you know, no matter what the team's record is, you never want to see it in O in the win column. So the uh, the Lions took it to the limit. They uh, they they had a lot of people worried as well. And uh, I, I'm glad to see them win. I just I just wanted to shout out Bill and his Detroit Lions because uh, they had a couple of heartbreaks this year. Uh, they. Uh, they kind of lost on a BS penalty to the Ravens. They tied the Steelers. They, you know, they had some almost wins at certain parts, and it's good to see them crack it. So, all right. So, Detroit Lions hour is now over. Uh, mm-hmm. Hopefully, Drew had enough time to uh, to recover from the sting of, of Buffalo's defeat. And uh, I want to switch things up a little bit, and we're going to do our our shout out for our eliminator early so that we can. Uh, we can do it, and it's more so that I don't forget. So, uh, we got to shout out Dave Turnout at Who Is Day T. Dave, I'm sorry you made it. You made it far, man. You you made it to the final five, but unfortunately, you got to go. Um, we got we got a star-studded cast still left, including our girl Lindsay Kennedy, uh, who has pretty much been dominating this thing, but. She's been and is number 26 in SS, SFB. Number 26. And I, I want to shout her out because she is first in the timeline OG league. She Her team is 12-1. and one. Uh, She is just lapping the competition. She is number 26. 2-6 out of, what, like 2,000 people? I don't even remember. Yeah, it's I mean, like 2,000. It's like 2,000. It's over 2,000 people in Scott Fishbowl. I, I thought I was going to be able to toot my horn because I was 79, and then I saw her put her 26 on. Are you really 79, it. dude? Uh, dude, if I'm That's lying, awesome. I'm dying. Congrats. Well By done. the way, nobody, hey, nobody is lucky and more good, surprised There's lucky and good. <laughs> Listen, I would rather be lucky than good. I have said that to multiple people about where I'm at currently in Scott Fishbowl. So, That's awesome, um, man. I thought I was going to toot my horn, but then Lindsay, she threw the 26 up there. And I said, well, I got a, I got a bout of greatness. I'm like, step back. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, 79 is one thing, but uh, uh, 26, that is, that is elite company. And um, so I want to shout her out because she, uh, she's got the golden touch. Everything that I have seen her in that she is in with me, she has dominated so far. Yeah. That's so, awesome. You better prepare to be on the show pretty soon. She's got yeah. about a month until she's uh Lindsay she's is a little shy and uh but I she t- committed to doing this if she wins SFB. I told her. I I mentioned that cuz she she uh you know, she threw out the fact that she was number 26 and I said, "All right, I just want you to remember that when you win this thing, you're coming on the fantasy timeline for we're going to have the exclusive with the champ and um she's gonna big time us no she is not i'm going to be (laughs) on her i am going she is going to be on this show first she she's not going to be chilling with matthew barry or hanging out with the fantasy no we get her first we get her first then she can hop knob with (laughs) stefania bell and uh you know, whoever uh, the guy who's also CD, doing really who's well, also like top ten. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she's, like there's been there's some like monster accounts up top. Some heavy like, hitters uh, did I really think, well this year. Uh, Frank Stanfield from CBS Fantasy is up there. He he uh, he does a podcast on CBS Fantasy. Uh, there's an Ben Gretsch. Gretsch who's ex CBS Fantasy. Like there are some heavy hitters at the top this year. So um, 
you know, she can hobnob with them after she does the timeline. She she's gonna do her <laughs> low rank show, and then she's gonna go on to stardom. So uh, I told her that I said you're gonna you gotta come on the show. So remember um, us, Lindsay. Yeah, but please I, remember us on your way up. Uh, I'm gonna make her remember. If there's one thing, <laughs> I, she can hang out with all the celebrities afterwards, but she'll probably be on an episode of Psych with James Roday. I mean, she'll have it all, but. She's gonna do this first. So, uh, shout out, shout out to Lindsay and everybody else who is, who is still alive in the fantasy. Yeah, and good luck. Yeah, because I mean, at the end of the day, we love it because it just does so much for um, for Toys for Tots and all the other charities that that supports, and and that's why we love it. We don't care uh, where we finish because it's it's about something much bigger. But it's always a lot of fun to talk about. So. Let's get into this good, this bad, and this ugly from this past week. Uh, who wants to start us off? Bill, you, you've been gone for a while. Why don't you start us off? <laughs> a little rusty. Um, yeah, so my good is Javante Williams. You know, this is the first time you really got the, uh, you know, the bulk of the touches with Melvin being, uh, being out and uh, got 23 carries for over 100 yards. Uh Nine targets, six catches for 76 yards and a touchdown. So he, I think he was the highest scoring running back um, this week, at least in the OG league he was. So um, it's good to see that he's getting volume, you know, which you expect in that offense, right? Um, especially when you're not splitting it with someone. So um, he's kind of showing what a lot of people hoped he was going to be, um, you know, that he can kind of carry the load. Um so yeah, it was, it was, I mean, he didn't look like ridiculously amazing, but he looked like a, you know, a, a good starting running back. So, um, and nine targets, that's pretty, pretty awesome. <laughs> and and I, I don't want to talk too much about Javante cause we, we are going to talk about him a little bit later in the show. Yeah. But, uh, man, I mean, Javante. Drew, I think you're going to need to add to the 101 if you want Javante now. Uh, just say hashtag just saying, you know. Uh, that, that's but, not what I heard when we made this conversation two weeks ago. I heard I was going to get oh, more than Javante for the 101. Oh, I waited. Right, right, right. But Javante didn't have it all to himself two weeks ago. You, you saw just the tip of the iceberg, and it's going to be very interesting to see what happens during the offseason, what kind of upgrades the Broncos may or may not make. Um, to the team. So like I said, I don't want to get too into it because we're going to talk about it in a little bit, but uh, yeah, I like that one. I, I, I watched that game and I mean, Javante is just, whew, he's a man. Uh, Drew, why don't you hit us up with your good? Uh, I, I heard recently that we're a pro Deontay Johnson show. So <laughs> I figured I'd, mm-hmm. uh, you know, True. I, I towed the line this week and uh, I, I'd call his number. Uh, 11 targets, which is great to see eight catches, 105 yards and two touchdowns, which, uh, you know, who cares what's it's happening like every that. week? Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's been great to see him, uh, you know, continue and, and pick up. And, you know, I think last year some people were concerned about drops and things like that, but, um, I saw somebody tweet earlier this week as well. I forget who they, they were comparing him to, uh, but you know, another, uh, maybe it was even Calvin Ridley or somebody like that at this point, but. Uh, there was somebody that was pretty high up there, the consensus top 10 receiver. And then they were asking, you know, why, why is there such a big gap between them and Deontay? And I think that's a great question when you look at the consistency that he's had. So um, I picked him up in a redraft league, thrilled that I did. Um, 
wish I had him in more dynasty, but yeah, really good to see that connection. And uh, yeah, doesn't matter who's throwing him the ball at this point. It doesn't look like so. Uh, yeah, what a good week for him, and love seeing that happen. So I just looked up the target leaders um, in the NFL through week thirteen, and um, he missed a game. So if you want to uh, uh, look at average uh, targets per game. Uh, only Cooper Cup averages more targets per game. That's 0.4 targets more per game. Um, and there's only like five over 10 target, five players averaging 10 targets or more. And it's Cooper Cup, Tyreek, Keenan Allen, Deontay, and Devante. So, I mean, up, you know, up in the air with some uh, pretty heavy hitters. So, um, does that change next year? I'm not real sure. Like, what do you think with, like, if Ben's gone, which we fully expect, right? Like, is it the scheme or is it Ben? I I think it's a little bit of Ben. But I also think this really depends on how they decide to address the quarterback position. Um, if they go draft and draft a guy, I think maybe they try to – open it up, get a young quarterback, maybe to throw a little bit more downfield to, to guys like Chase Claypool. But if they go, you know, you've heard like the Jimmy Garoppolo route and stuff like that. I mean, do you think Jimmy Garoppolo looks at a guy who is as consistent as Deontay Johnson and just decides he's not going to throw that guy anymore? I mean, look at what Debo Samuel has done this year. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo found a guy he found a guy he really likes and that guy gets targets. And I mean, they, I mean, it even happened this week with, with my good um, where Debo's out, Jimmy Garoppolo found a guy he likes and he targets the guy. So um, if you're going one of those, you know, I think it all depends on the route they decide to fill the quarterback position with, but yeah, I mean, some of it is Ben in the fact that, I mean, can Ben even throw farther than 15 yards anymore? I mean, it doesn't look like it, but I mean, Deontay Johnson is also just very good. Bill, yeah. who, who got him in the, in the OG league? Who, who got him? Um, us maybe. Oh, man. We made so many good picks. I feel like we talk about <laughs> one of our picks every week. Not even playing. You do. Go ahead. You do. <laughs> you know. But uh, what do you, what do you think, Drew? Is it is it the system? Is it Ben? Is it something else that that is leading to kind of Deontay? Uh, it, it could be a mixture of those things for now. But I think Deontay's done enough that he's shown. I mean, I forget what it was. He, he's getting so much separation. His average distance between him and his defender when he catches the ball is ridiculously high. Um, I don't I don't care if you have a Patrick Mahomes or a Josh Allen or somebody who's got a big arm. They're still going to find him. I mean, you look at a guy like Cole Beasley on the Bills. You know, there are games where he still gets a ton of targets um, because it's just the right thing to do, right? You have a good player, you're going to play to their strengths. Uh, you know, Najee is going to be another year in. So, you know, they could go and maybe slide a little bit further back to some of the smash mouth football that they've been known for. But uh, ultimately, I think he's proven enough already that whoever they have under center next year is going to find him. Uh, when it comes down to crunch time, when they're trying to make a drive, they're going to find him. And he may not average double-digit targets next year, but I don't think they drop precipitously. You know, I, I don't see him getting fewer than maybe seven or eight targets a game on average next year, even if they get 
uh, a more run-heavy offense, and they have a, a quarterback that wants to look for bigger plays here and there. Maybe they lean on play action a little bit more. So, um, you know, if somebody's concerned about that and they're going to, you know, try to get out of Deontay now thinking they're going to sell high, uh, yes, please. Yeah, and I, I think it's it's funny that we 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 kind of talked about two players back-to-back in Javante Williams and Deontay Johnson where we're kind of like, Man, we want to see what what upgrades they're going to make to the offense in order to maybe, you know, unlock these guys even a little bit more than where we already have them. It, it's going to be a fun offseason uh, with those teams. But I, but I mentioned it while we were talking about Deontay. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's main man, at least for uh, this past week, George Kittle, nine receptions, 181 yards, two touchdowns. And just in case that wasn't enough for you, he added five rushing yards just just to show people he can. So, um, man, we we kind of I think for the most part uh, been down on George Kittle this year. There were injuries, and then there was just kind of like it was the Debo show for the majority of the season. Uh, De- Debo's nursing a, a groin injury; he's not in, and then it's okay. Well. Is it going to be Brandon Ayuk? Is it going to be a heavy, heavier dose of Elijah Mitchell? No, it was George Kittle. And he just wanted to remind everybody about why he can be in the conversation for tight end one if he is used to that extent. Um, It's amazing. Last week he had nine receptions, as I mentioned, on 12 targets. The previous three weeks combined, he had 10 receptions on 13 targets. So it just shows you that if you give that guy the ball, uh, big things can happen. And we talk about spots like Denver with their wide receiver core and Javante and Noah fan. And we talk about uh, Carolina with their wide receiver core, you know, places that need a quarterback. And this is supposed to get turned over to Trey Young, which I think it will be. But, man, what if they had saved those picks and maybe went in on an Aaron Rodgers, get a hometown boy back in town, or Deshaun Watson, or, you know, some of these other guys that might become available. Whew. I mean, Devo, Ayuk. I mean, he's been down for most of the season. But, I mean... Man, he's had a couple of games. Now you have George Kittle just showing. I mean, if there was a quarterback there, an elite quarterback in San Francisco, man, that could be a that could be a thing. So, what uh, if Kirk Cousins goes to San Francisco? First of all, the world would explode because everybody expects Trey Lance to be the guy next year. <laughs> but I also think that is Kyle Shanahan's dream of all dreams because he was trying to get Kirk Cousins there when he first got the coaching job. And uh, Minnesota slid in and gave him a fully guaranteed contract. And uh, that was that. So, I mean, I think deep down Kyle Shanahan would just would just jump for joy. but. It's going to be Trey Lance next year, most likely, and that's going to be very interesting because the upside is high, but we've we've said that about a lot of guys, and the upside doesn't always hit. So it'll be yeah. uh, it'll be fun to watch, that's for sure. Uh, I'm going to get into my bad here, Darnell Mooney. Uh, he had been he had been dominating the last couple of weeks. 
we said, hey, man, maybe, maybe Darnell is turning into that dude. And, yes, people are going to tell me it's a bad weather game. It's the, you know, we saw that on Monday night. The weather can really, you know, change a game drastically. But five receptions for 27 yards. If you told me Darnell Mooney got five receptions, I would have said, uh, he went five for 50, maybe five for 55, something like that. But five for 27. Uh, a lot of people still put him in the lineup just thinking he was going to get a massive amount of targets and it did not pay off. So Darnell Mooney is my bad. Bill, were you going to say something? Oh, you put that your hands thing. I was me one of those too. people that put oh, him in. The, yeah, I yeah. got you. So you were one. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I – I told a lot of people Sunday morning, you know, hey, uh, you know, Darnell Mooney or this guy. And in most situations, I went with Darnell Mooney. So I I was there with you. I thought Darnell would be okay, even with the bad weather. But it didn't happen this week. Um, Drew, why don't you hit us with your bad for this week? Uh, it hurts. It hurts. Uh, I, I chose Dawson Knox for Monday night. A couple of key drops, uh, which killed a couple of drives. And then. Uh, really the bad for a guy that's, uh, you know, as important as he is. Last drive the Bills had a uh, false start on a, a already long third down, made it even longer, which made it almost impossible to, to convert and extend the drive. So, um, yeah, that was, uh, it was tough to watch. And it's not what you expect from somebody who's uh, become, worked his way into being a, a, an integral part of the, the offense here. So I know he's probably down on himself and I don't want to pile on, but, um, <laughs> you know, that hurts to watch that, after, especially after watching the guy, was, it was it four or five weeks ago, uh, you know, throw a touchdown or throw a two point conversion with a, a dislocated finger or something. It's like, I got to remember those things too, but that one hurts personally. Um, that was, that was really bad, uh, in those situations. So I have a, just a quick question and just a little, maybe one line answer from both of you guys is Dawson Knox going to be next year's Robert Tanyan, where we, we get hyped up by a pretty good year. We draft them higher than maybe we should. And then we end up being disappointed because we put uh, too many expectations on them. I'll say that's actually a pretty good um, question. <laughs> well, um, I, th- I think you're welcome. Um, I think that it, it could be because there's talks about um, Ertz going to Buffalo um, before the season. I mean, granted, Knox has really performed and probably above expectations. Um, he was an athletic guy coming out. So, I, I mean, there was a chance that things clicked and he, you know, he could um, become what he's showing now. Um, will consistency be an issue? Maybe. But, like, do I... I can't see him falling flat. Um, and I don't necessarily, I mean, if your expectations are that he's going to grow into a top four tight end, then I think the answer is yes. Right. But like if your expectations are reasonable and maybe him being uh, somewhere in that, you know, seven to 12 range, um, I think, I think that you should be pretty safe in that. Um, but if they kind of continue and add a second tight end, then I'm going to be a little more concerned. So that's more than one sentence, but you know, 
Right, that's cool. What do you think, Drew? You're the you're the fan. I think you have the maybe better insight of all of or the best insight of all of us. What do you think? Yeah, I it, it's uh, it's definitely a, a a plausible comp. Looking at you know they both got elite quarterbacks. Um, I I think the tough part for Tunyon is that he he seemed to be the second option. Right, it was Devonte, him, and then you know anybody else that could get on the field this year. Uh, I think the expectation should be a little bit lower for Knox because there's so many weapons in Buffalo. There's so many different ways that they can move the ball, um, especially if they add a running game next year. So uh, I think like Bill said, you temper your expectations. Uh, I, I would, you know, as a fan, I definitely want to draft him early in that, you know, I, I'd love to have him as my t- tight end two next year. You know, if I go an elite tight end early, uh, but if I wait, you know, I don't mind to mix him with another guy. You know, if I have, end up with Knox and, you know, you pick up any other guy that you want as a, kind of a streaming option. So um, I think it is all about the expectation. What, what do you hope to get out of him? Uh, but yeah, if you're, if you're drafting him as, hey, this guy has a one in a thousand chance of being a top four tight end, um, I think you'll be disappointed. All right, there we go. So that's, uh, that's, that's good. And I love when, uh, when Bill strokes my ego and tell me I have good questions. So that's also, uh, also a plus. Uh, Bill, why don't you hit us with your bad this week? So my bad, and I hope short logic exited already. It's the uh, the Vikings, man. They they should have, you know, you go into Detroit. It was, I think, yeah, it was in Detroit, and uh, you know, pretty pretty bad team. Defense isn't good. You know, offense isn't good. You don't have DeAndre Swift. Um, there's a lot of things in your favor and you're in the playoff hunt and, and for, um, for them to come in and kind of just poo poo, like, I don't know if there's other players hurt other than Dalvin. Um, but like, that's a Madison, you know, covered admirably. So like, I don't necessarily think there was this ridiculously, um, major drop at that position. So I know Thielen got hurt, so that kind of hurt, but um, you know, <laughs> short logic just says unsubscribe. Um, yeah, you know, it's just disappointing. Like, I mean, I love Kirk Cousins, you know, Michigan State guy. And, um, it just seems like, you know, he's one of those guys, like, you don't mind him on your team, but then you mind him on your team kind of thing. <laughs> and, um, like he's, he's a good enough quarterback that other people will be like, if you get rid of them, it's a huge downgrade to like the next person. But he, I just don't think he's that guy. You know, he he just he just makes those bad throws when you really need him to make a good throw. Um, and so I just guess he's just not super clutch, and and that's my biggest concern with him. Um, so I, I think the um, Vikings uh, this week are my bad. Yeah. You know, it's funny because this is starting to make the rounds now on Twitter. And, you know, I, you know, Kirk Cousins is QB8 on the season. So it's funny, you know, we have always been, besides being a pro Deontay Johnson podcast, we have always been a pro Kirk Cousins podcast, at least for fantasy. And it's funny because, you know, you made a good point about Kirk Cousins. It seems that he like he's good enough to win games but he's uh he's not good enough to like kind of get you to the promised land 
but I don't know if if Kirk Cousins had a better head coach. This is what I'm trying to get out here. If maybe those odds wouldn't increase a little bit. Mike Zimmer is probably a very nice guy. Uh, he's a defensive-minded coach. He's, you know, he's old school. He wants to run the ball, beat you up on defense, and that's how he wants to win games. But teams don't really win like that anymore. That's not the way the NFL plays anymore. You know, you have to air it out. Yes, you need to have some defense, and yes, you need to have some semblance of a running game. But we, you know, we don't call the Bucks a Super Bowl contender this year because, I mean, Listen, I don't think anyone pre- predicted the rise of Leonard Fournette, but we don't go. We didn't. We didn't have them as Super Bowl contenders before the year started because of their amazing run game and their amazing defense. We said it's Tom Brady. It's those pass catching weapons. They have a good shot of making the Super. Same thing with the Chiefs. You know, even though their defense has been the reason why I think they've won five straight, but before the season. You know, we look at the teams with great quarterbacks and great pass catching weapons, and we go, those are the teams that we give the highest Super Bowl odds to. You know, know? and I don't, you know, I wonder if they had a a different style head coach, if maybe we would look at Kirk Cousins maybe a little bit more favorably. Not a lot. I don't think we would ever say Kirk Cousins is a for-sure Super Bowl caliber coach, but maybe we would, you know, maybe we would feel a little bit differently about it. So um, I like that one. I like uh, I like you getting your lines in there again, Bill. Good for you. Uh, I'm proud of you. Um, ugly. Hit a switch or ugly, Bill. Yeah, um, I got to find it. Um, it's so I'm pretty ugly sure you my... can't even spit it out. <laughs> I got I was like trying to get my tabs situated and it was just a whole debacle. Sorry about that. <laughs> um my ugly was and it's not because of his performance, but my ugly is Mac Jones just because he he went he had three it's pass attempts. And so it's ugly for fantasy. You know what I mean? Like he's a he's a kid who's showing like he gets it and he's able to fit that system and you know, you feel pretty good like okay, well in Superflex, he's my QB2. I don't hate it kind of feeling, you know, as a rookie. And and then you see this, and it's just like, I get it. The weather was terrible. However, we're in week 13. There's still five more weeks, four more weeks of fantasy. You know, so that's a third of our season in fantasy that there's the potential that we see something like this. And, you know, just because Belichick, you know, he just – does what he wants to do. And, and, you know, there's not really any other coach that would allow that sort of, or even consider that. Um, So like, that's my concern that, you know, you're going to have a ceiling that's limited um, potentially in certain matchups and, and figuring out when those matchups are um, good luck. Right. Because, we never know. We never know. It's like trying to figure out their running backs. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's more of an ugly situation as opposed to an ugly performance per se. Uh, I'll let I'll let Drew go last at this one because while you were talking, I saw him having flashbacks to the game. So I'm going to let him recover a little bit. Sorry, Drew. 
Um, it, it, that game was so amazing. At one point, they ran 32 straight running plays. Like, who does that? And, and I saw someone on Twitter, and I, I, you know, I say this every week. I wish I could remember. But apparently before the game, he was being interviewed, and he was wearing a Navy face mask. And then he goes out and runs the ball 32 straight times at one point. I mean, Bill Belichick just said, I know the weather's going to be bad, so I'm going to run. And that's what he did. Um, Mac Jones threw the ball three times. Like, that's – I don't think – And one going into the fourth quarter. Like, I don't and he threw think... two in a row. It was like, what? Like, you know, the world went crazy after that second one in a row. I don't think you will ever see a quarter, and I don't care what the weather con- conditions are. A few years ago, many years ago, there was a there was a snow game in Philly, and they threw it more than three times. And I mean, the snow was snow was probably four or five inches on the field. They were kicking up snow every time they ran, and they still threw it more than three times. I mean, Bill Belichick will probably never have another rookie quarterback again. And so I can't imagine another coach having the not only the stones, but the just general authority to just do what they want and throw the ball three times. So I think this is a uh, a record that will stand for maybe the rest of our lives and the rest of NFL history. So, um, Drew, I, I don't know if you want to add anything else or if you just you just want us to move on. I appreciate Bill putting Mac Jones in the ugly. You know, it's a nice gesture, Bill. Uh, <laughs> but no, it was that was tough. And yeah, you know, it's uh, you go for twenty years of Belichick and and Brady and the Pats just dominating the AFC East, and you think, okay, Brady moves on. You see last season, and maybe we'll get a couple years of respite here. But kudos Wrong. to Belichick for. You know this rebuild in a year, right? I mean, he he do, he did what all of us as dynasty managers wish we could do: take take a team that was you know underperforming, you know ragtag group of, of players, and in a season and change, turn it into a number one team again. Um, you know, total credit there. And I, as much as I want the Bills to go to the Super Bowl and win one, uh, you look at the odds now, and I guess the odds are on. Uh, Belichick and Brady meeting this year, uh, which be would be awesome. epic. Um, yeah, I, I, it would be. So it's one of those things where y- you almost want it to be like a best of three series or something. You know, one game just wouldn't be enough. But uh, but yeah, such a such a testament to the guy and his consistency, his commitment to the to the process. And you know, kudos to Mac Jones for coming in as a rookie and putting his ego aside and. You know, sure, being drafted was he, he was the fifth quarterback drafted out of this class or something. So, you yeah. know, he's already knocked down a, a peg there, watching these other guys go. And, and what a chip on his sh- shoulder and to come in and go with the program, team first attitude, right? Which, um, you know, all those things fit the Belichick model, the Patriot way. So, uh, you know, no surprise in hindsight to see the process work out when you have a guy like Belichick that can get get guys. And you, know, you look at some of their acquisitions over the, the free agency too. It's like, why are you spending so much money on these tight ends? What are you doing? You know, where are you putting this money on, you know, Matt Judon and some of these guys. And it's like, you watch, you watch a lot of them just pay off uh, week after week. And 
there's something there and it, it'll never be the same for anybody that comes out of that tree. You watch all the players and the coaches that work for Belichick. None of them have repeated the, t- the same type of success or replicated anything close. There's something special about, uh, you know, that guy in that organization. So uh, you have to respect it as much as it hurts. And you hope that, you know, as a Bills fan, you hope that they pick up and do what they can do for the last few games of the season, put themselves in a position to be in the playoffs. And, you know, once you hit the playoffs, any given any given day, right? So that's that's what I'm banking on. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting that you kind of brought fantasy into the fold while you were talking about Mac Jones because the Patriots did – what almost every team should try to do, especially in Dynasty, buy those studs. I mean, obviously, the, the Patriots went about it in free agency, and they spent, I think, more money than any team ever had spent in NFL history in free agency. They spent like $100 million on tight ends, you know, that which is hilarious because they don't even use those guys. Um, you know, they spent a ton of money on guys. You know, you mentioned Judon. And they have put themselves in a position now with a rookie quarterback in Mac Jones. And even though he was the fifth quarterback drafted, he was a top 15 pick. So this wasn't a third round guy that, you know, is just kind of like, hey, I'm happy to be in the NFL. He was a top 15 pick. So I think there was a lot expected of him. But he did what we should all be doing, you know, if, if, you think, you know, you just need a, you know, a piece or two or three to, to get you to a championship, go out and buy them. Sometimes it doesn't work. I'm not saying it works every time, but sometimes you get the Patriots where it just, it all put, comes together perfectly and they, they have a real shot of uh, doing some damage in the postseason. So it will, uh, it will be fun to watch. So Drew, we'll get, we'll get that bad taste out of your mouth. Tell us what your ugly is. Man, uh, I was watching Red Zone as well, and they spent a lot of time focusing on Andy Dalton because he kept putting the, the other team in the Red Zone with his four interceptions. Uh, he, I think he had as many tackles as he did touchdowns, which uh, for a quarterback is never a good sign. And uh, yeah, I think this week they've already come out and said he's not starting again. So uh, yeah, what a what a way to go out with a whimper, or I guess a bang, depending on how you view it, um, <laughs> as a as, as a, a stand-in. So I just hope uh, I hope Fields doesn't get ref this week, and they have to go back to him or Foles. I don't know if they sorted out even who's going to be backing up um, as the number two this week, but uh, Dalton sure played like number two last week, and that was that was tough to watch. Man. Um... Some coach next year is, is going to have a, a nice little team with Justin Fields and David Montgomery and Darnell Mooney. Uh, it, it's not going to be Matt Nagy. Um, Andy Dalton will either be on his third team in thirty in three years, or he will be um, bagging groceries at your local store. He'll um, be the opposite, Kurt Warner. Yeah, Benjamin yeah. Button version of Kurt Warner. Right. He'll go. He'll go from. Uh, he'll go from starting quarterback to bagging groceries. But um, it was brutal. It, I mean, I was, you know, I mentioned earlier, I was watching it as well. And every time they went back to the Bears game, it was, oh, Andy Dalton just threw another interception. And they're in there. That's like, what? So, um, yeah, last year when he was the backup in Dallas, I thought it was a really good pickup because it was a starting quarterback with a lot of experience. And, you know, and I mean, it was – OK, 
okay at times in Dallas. Um, I would never say that we had any great moments in the uh, Dallas Cowboy Andy Dalton era. But, man, this year in Chicago has just been I, – I don't know if they've even had any okay times in Chicago. So, um, yeah, it, it'll be Justin Fields as long as he stays healthy for the rest of the season. And uh, next year, Andy Dalton will find a new, a new job. Uh, either in the NFL or uh, bagging groceries. What do you think? What do you think, Bill? About just the uh, just the poo Dalton... that is Andy Dalton. Oh, I mean, yeah, he's done, right? Like he gone. I mean, not much else to think about, really. I mean, he's kind of like the Nick Foles of uh, twenty twenty, and so. Like, here we go. Now they got two. So, you know, like, I think he's pretty much, I don't know. I mean, he's going to be a guy that, you know, Mike Glennon, he'll he'll be playing behind Daniel Jones or he'll be playing, maybe Andy Dalton will be, pl- be playing behind uh, Mike Glennon. Who knows? But, like, all those guys are just going to, they are where they are now, right? Like, they're at the end of their careers and, um there's not much hope for them. They're really just roster claggers, except for like 14 team super flexes, in my opinion. Yeah, I got I got Andy Dalton in a 16 team super flex, and he, he even with the couple of starts he got, he still never saw the light of day on, on my starting lineup. So he he is a he is definitely the ver the uh, the textbook uh, example of break in case of emergency quarterback i mean i would need um you know a lot of uh i would need a lot of uh quarterbacks to be hurt for andy dalton to be a play that i would um do that so let's move on to my ugly devonta smith man i was like it's the jets Fire him up. Gardner Minshew is going to throw the ball like he just doesn't care. And by the way, he did throw the ball like he just didn't care, except all the passes went to Dallas Goddard. <laughs> and he had he had a monster game. And uh, Devonta Smith, uh, two receptions, 15 yards against the Jets. It hurt me because I, I told a lot of people to, to fire him up, and that was not good. That was uh, – that was poor on my part, even though I thought the Jets, well, I didn't think the Jets were bad. The Jets are bad. But Gardner Minshew, he found he found that one receiver. And man, that if you started Dallas Goddard in a league, whoo, like you you did I. You you did very all right. So um sorry, Smith. Uh this is this is just another dip in your roller coaster season. Uh, he'll probably he'll probably go for you know nine for you know one oh five in his next game, and I won't start him, and I'll miss that too. But yeah, it hurt me. Uh, it hurt me more because I told people to start him in a lot of situations, and uh, he did not do that thing. So, all right, man, that's the good, the bad, and the ugly. Let's go on to the timeline and let's let's fire let's fire this up. So. Uh, this first one is from, we talked about it earlier, the Scott Fish Bowl. So obviously, hey, why don't we talk about a, a tweet that Scott Fish had at Scott Fish 24 
bring bringing Bill back into the conversation because when the Lions get a win, you know we're gonna we're gonna promote the hell out of it. Uh, which Lions receiver are you buying more into down the stretch given the last two weeks, Josh Reynolds or Amon Ra St. Brown? Bill, you are you are going to give us the in depth behind the scenes. Stuff that we don't know, so I'm going to save you for the, for the end on this one, Drew. Who who you got? Drew looks Drew looks like he does not want to answer this question at all. But is it Josh Reynolds or is it Amon Ra St. Brown? I, I was going to copy Bill's homework here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you I know, I, I, my my gut reaction was Josh Reynolds. You know, he's been around longer. He's a veteran. Um, you know. He's had increasing targets over the last few weeks. Uh, had a big play a couple weeks ago for a long touchdown. But when I looked at it again, uh, I'm going to change my vote to the rookie. And looking at, you know, if you're going by volume and the idea that targets are earned, uh, double-digit targets this week, which was huge, and, of course, the game winner. Uh, but, uh, you know, 20 targets in the last three weeks, I think, total or something like that which is a, a good sign for a young guy to, to earn the trust of a quarterback. I don't care how bad the quarterback is. If the quarterback likes you and you're going to get targets, that's great for fantasy, especially if you're looking, depending on what your team needs. Hopefully you're not in a place where you need a guy like Amon Ross St. Brown, unless you're in one of these 14 or 16 team leagues where you have to start three wide receivers or something, or you got a bunch of injuries. But, uh, you know, if I had to pick between those two at the end of my roster, I would take uh, St. Brown at this point. All right, I, I was not gonna copy Bill's work because um, I'm just I'm not that smart. So why am I gonna even try to sound like it? Um, can can I pick um, C? None of the above. Um, I, I don't no. buy into I don't buy into either one of them. Uh, th- this is this is what we all expected the Lions wide receiver room to be. A bunch of guys, yeah, they're going to give you a game here. They're going to give you a game there. But they're, they're not anything that you're going to be excited about. They're not going to be anything that you're, you know, trading draft capital to go get. I mean, I'm assuming, and I could be wrong in this, that the Lions are going to make upgrades to that wide receiver room, whether in free agency or through the draft, maybe a little of both. And I don't want neither one of these guys. I mean – Amon Ross St. Brown, he got his first touchdown of the season last week. He Seven of the 11 games he's played in, he has been under 50 yards. Seven of the 11 games he's played in, he's been under five receptions. Like, do I want that? Like, I mean, I feel like both of these guys are probably definitions of roster cloggers. Maybe, maybe Amon Ross St. Brown could could kind of take the next step if there is a legitimate number one on the other side, but I don't, I don't want none of them. I don't, I don't buy into any of it, but Bill hit us with the homework, hit us with the behind the scenes. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, it's underwhelming. Um, I think I would go Amon Rod just because he's a rookie and we at least have some hope there. And if he pops, I probably trade him. Um, just because, like, um, as much as, like, I've always been a fan of um, Josh Reynolds. Like, he seems to, like, perform when he's put out there, but it just seems like he's always going to be that fourth guy, right? Like, 
I mean, he was in Tennessee. They, they just let him go. You know, it's like, there's, there's a reason teams do that. Whatever the reason is, you know, that's not a good sign. And, um, I just don't know if, um, you know, I can trust him long-term. Like, is he going to get some volume this year? Yes, probably. But like, yeah, I mean, Jared Goff, if we're just looking at this year, like it's still Jared Goff throwing the ball. So it's like, I mean, that's not a positive. Um, so I would prefer the wide receiver who is closer to the line of scrimmage, <laughs> I guess. So Amon Ra would be my choice. Um, you know, and maybe maybe he ends up becoming something. I mean, it's a hard year to judge these wide receivers. Like, there's literally no wide receivers on the team. And so can you really, like, I mean, if I'm going to give anyone the benefit of the doubt, it's a rookie. And and so I guess that's my answer. Um, am I excited for him? I mean, not until there's two other wide receivers out there and he's, he shows that he's getting targets as well. Um I mean, if I have him on my roster, I'm not cutting him. Like that's, you know, through the off season until maybe I have to make a difficult decision when cuts happen. But um, he's a guy that I'm a little bit more happy to have on my roster. Well, there you go. We got a uh, we got two Amon Ross St. Browns and one. Please don't make me pick either one of these guys. So uh, there you go. And, and the results now there was there was a C results answer as well, which got nine percent. So it could be a little bit skewed, but I'm on Ra just barely forty six percent to forty five percent. So obviously, uh, the people are very split on this, and it should be fun to to see what happens um, with that team and how they decide to rebuild and what they what they do in the draft and free agency. So. The, here we go. The, the, we wanted to keep all of our Javante talk for now because we we got a Javante tweet. Uh, this is from Jared Evans at PFF underscore Jared. Javante Williams had 102 rushing yards. 83 of them were after contact. Ooh, that is that is very, very, very nice. So sexy. Nah, listen, all, all of my Javante shares are rejoicing together in a, in just a glorious song. So here, here's the question. Where do you think he will be drafted among running backs next year? Because obviously after that game, you know, you get a million joke RB1, you know, Dynasty RB1, which obviously is not the case. But, you know, everybody likes to make that joke as soon as somebody has a big game. But, but I feel like he has to be kind of high. Like, so, Drew, you, ha you have it up, right? You have the page up here. We're going to play a little game here. We're going to play a little game. Now, Javante is RB14, correct, Drew? Yeah, as of November, uh, ADP for running backs from DLF and Superflex. Perfect. So obviously this is before the uh, the big game, but who co comes in right ahead of him? Who comes in at RB13? Uh, your very own Ezekiel Elliott. 
Okay, well let's stop that noise. Javante is gonna be taken ahead. Why don't we why don't we jump to like RB ten? Uh somebody that the uh the timeline duo has in the OG listener league won Antonio Gibson. Yeah, he's been he's been hot. He has been hot. But I got the feeling that when we start doing our startups, Javante is gonna go ahead of him. Do you guys agree with that? Disagree with that? Agree. Yep. All right. Let let's let's bump it up to eight. So we're already mm. we're already at like top eight here. Well, just give us nine and eight. Just real, you know. Uh, number you nine go. is Saquon Barkley. Okay. Let's. Uh, I think I think Javante goes ahead of him unless Saquon ends with like four Saquon games. I he's mean, he's got to be vintage. Yeah, he's got to be Saquon when people were, you know, spending four firsts to get him, Saquon, for us to even have this conversation. Uh, who, who's the next one on the list? Nick Chubb. Huh. Okay. I think he'll go over Chubb just because of the age. Yeah, give me I, the young I, stud. I think so, too, but I think, I think that's a, that could be a very interesting conversation and maybe one that we have uh, at a – at one point, uh, I think I think Short Logic here is talking about Zeke. He's been running on a broken leg. I mean, listen, he he ain't getting no younger. Uh, I'm gonna put it to you that way. And the way that Dallas has used him over the past forever seasons is we're gonna make him run the ball 300 times a year. So I mean, Tony Pollard has been alleviating some of that, and he's still getting hurt. So I can't believe that. Uh, we're going to be questioning. So it looks like we're at least top eight with Javante. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. really the only way Javante can lose this momentum is if Melvin Gordon is out, which I don't, I think he's actually supposed to come back and play this week. But if he's out another couple games and Javante is just trash, maybe he loses some of that momentum. But we, I mean, we've been looking at the games with Melvin Gordon and just being like, wow, he, he is still really good, even with pretty much being in a 50-50 time. I mean, I think it's almost 50-50 between the two. Yeah. And you still love what you're getting out of him for only getting 50% of the touches in the backfield. And then we see the one game when he's, you know, all by himself and we're just like, whew. So Yeah, that's definitely the more impressive to me because, you know, when you're playing 50-50, you're just so fresh, right? Yeah. But, like, this is one where, like – he could have broken down as the game got later and he didn't. And I mean, granted his touches for the season have been limited because of Melvin, but um, what's seven and six, Drew? You have Austin Eckler at seven and Dalvin Cook at six, which again, based on age. I could see people taking him. And then what McCaffrey's five, I think. Is that correct? According to November, uh, McCaffrey is two still, which does not oh, okay. sound right. It does not feel right to me. Well, it makes sense because he had been back for a little bit. He wasn't on the IR for the rest of the season. That happened in December. So I can kind of see he had had a couple of games. I can kind of see why it was two. December, obviously, will be a lot more interesting because I think CMC will drop quite a few yeah. spots. after. What are the top five? Yeah. JT, which is a no-brainer at one, yeah. CMC, Najee, Kamara, and Swift. And uh, I think for me, he slots in probably top five, top four, right after JT, 
I, I'd want Swift next, probably. Uh, I could flip a coin between Swift and, and uh, Javante at this point, and then um, Najee after that. So you you have Javante ahead of Najee. You personally, uh, you personally, I do. Yeah, okay. personally, I do. Okay, cool. I would rather. Cool. It's a personal preference thing. I've seen people tweet about it this week, and you know, a lot of people have said it. There's no wrong answer either way, which I agree with on paper. Um, if if they're both sitting there looking at me, um, you know, in the at the top of the second round or middle of the second round, I'll take Javante just because I have an affinity for him. Um, you know, Najee's had a great year, great usage, so I could definitely see people being on board with that. You know, playing at a bigger program, Alabama had success there. But um, yeah, for me, it would go JT and uh, I could flip a coin. I love Swift as well. Um, I would, I would really struggle with that. That's where I'd want to have an eight hour clock for my draft. If I had to pick between Swift and Javante and then Najee at four, probably. Yeah, it's, it is going to be fun to see where Javante goes, especially if uh, Melvin Gordon is out for one more game and they, and he can put together another game like this. I mean, Denver could be so dangerous if they just got a quarterback. Like they're in the playoff dangerous. hunt. Oh, oh, I what? see what, what you did there. What? Um, yeah, I mean, they could they could do a lot of damage all over the NFL, not just in the AFC, all over the NFL. If I mean, they're they're. Like I think they're either in the last playoff spot, or they're one game out of a playoff spot with Teddy Bridgewater. Like that shows how much talent they have. That Teddy Bridgewater, who's a fine, okay, average quarterback, has them. He's average. He's not special in any way, but he's good enough to win games in the NFL. Like if they got Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson, oh my goodness it could be it could be a fun fun team to watch so i can't wait to see um when we do our startups after the season's over where we see people taking javante and i'm sure some there'll be a couple of people who will lose their minds and take them you know as the first running back off the board just to be different but uh jt is that dude i will never i will never disparage the great name of uh of jonathan taylor but who has JT in the OG league? Justin Timberlake. Yeah, I mean, he brought sexy back. I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who who does have Jonathan Taylor in the OG league? Drew wants to know. He's oh, asking for a friend. Oh, MBS. You Thanks, dogs. Drew. You're getting in on the action. Did, did we did we make any bad picks? I don't think we did. Not one. <laughs> Not one bad pick did we make. I mean, we didn't pick any quarterbacks, but. Uh, uh, thankfully, she, Garoppolo has been playing all year. Hey, hey I wanted to take uh, Taylor Heineke. I just want to throw that out there. Oh, you did. I, I wanted to take him. So, yes, we made a bad pick. <laughs> well, who did you take I, instead I, I, of him? Who did we take? Uh, no, we were arguing between this. This is how late in the uh, draft Haskins and him. Haskins yeah. and him. Oh, Brandon. okay. Yeah, it doesn't matter. So we, yeah, yeah, we just screwed up. We just but decided, we didn't take either. <laughs> we didn't take either. We went in another direction because. <laughs> It's Bill and I, and I say this all the time. Bill and I will fight about the most like meaningless players in fantasy football. Yeah, even on the show we do. (laughs) But that's what I'm saying. You and I, just in general, we will be like, "Oh, Jonathan Taylor, obviously a good player." You know, Stephon Diggs, obviously a good player. But you get down to the nitty gritty. Yeah, 
Taylor Heineke and and, and oh, I will Haskins, admit I was wrong in that one. <laughs> it is a knockdown drag out fight that neither one of us are willing to back. The, and it's just so funny. We're like, I mean, all right, let, f it, let's just take. Uh, I don't even you know John Ross. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Probably what we ended up. I mean, doing. that's not what we did. But. Well, we did take John Ross, but we probably took someone equally inconsequential. But yes, um, indeed, that's how late in the draft we were. Where Dwayne Haskins was actually a, a name being talked about. So. You understand at that point uh, what the deal was, but uh, yeah, I'm mad at myself. It's okay. Yeah, it's probably it's okay. picked like the 404 or something at that point. Yeah, I mean, it was. I mean, we we're probably you know in the 17th. Oh, it was round. like yeah, it was like 18th round or something. Yeah, I mean, we were deep in the weeds where we were just like eh, one of these two random quarterbacks could be a thing. But um, all right, let's hit this next one here from Xander at Karam Xander. Would you trade Hertz straight up for Trevor Lawrence in a Superflex Dynasty League? I thought this was a very interesting question because obviously um, Jalen Hurts is the current hotness. Uh, T-Law was the hotness going into the season. So my answer is, am I trading? Um, am I trading Hertz for Lawrence? If I'm, if I'm not contending? Yeah, like let's What go. if you're contending? I I would honestly I would have to be like a top three team. I'm not even talking about like I'm the six seed, I'll probably sneak into the playoffs. It like nah, I gotta be like a top three team to not make that deal because as much as you know, I there was a lot of hype a few weeks ago about you know, the, the Eagles could uh, could take the NFC East and they could be a playoff team. And I said, yeah, there's there's some teams on that schedule. You know, I said the Giants, it's a it's a uh, divisional game. Those are always weird. They have two against Washington. Those are always weird. Like it might not be as easy as it looks on paper. And now Washington is the hot team going into that game. The, the Eagles uh, stuttered uh, against the, the Giants. Um, did did well against the Jets, but they're the Jets. So, um, yeah, like it, it's, it, uh, but I'm doing it. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if Hertz is is the starter next year. And I'm not saying he should or he shouldn't, because you say that, and a lot of people go, "Well, what has he done to not be the?" And I go, "You're talking fantasy. I'm talking, you know, like this is just what's being said in the area, like." If they're not if they're not good, if they end up, you know, maybe only winning one out of their last four games, they they may not have they may not have Jalen Hurts as their starting quarterback. They have three first round picks, and two of them look like they're probably going to be high. Like <laughs> they they you know they may take somebody. They may trade those picks to get. Deshaun Watson or Aaron Rodgers or, you know, whoever else is, you know, whoever else is there. So, um, yeah. Uh, what do you guys think? I, I've talked long enough about this, uh, this trade scenario. Yes. Yep. There you go. Like, so it's just like, I mean, we're looking at it like a snapshot of a moment, right? Like, so at this moment, who would I prefer to win me a game this week? Well, the answer is Jalen Hurts. But, like, this is dynasty. We got to look long-term. And Hurts, I think, in all likelihood, 
it's probably t- this year and next year max for him unless he like vastly improves. So and and that's you're banking on something that doesn't happen often. Um Josh like, Allen. I mean, he's he's the outlier, right? Like um and he's exactly what came into my mind when I made that comment because like there's not a lot of guys that you go from like an inaccurate um quarterback to all of a sudden looking the part and and he Josh Allen's one of them. And I mean, nothing against Hurts and I think he's a hard worker, I think all of that, but like I'm just I question if at the NFL level he's going to be able to improve that much. And and so like I'm going to take the number 1 pick who was, you know, QB like golden boy, you know, for the last 5 years um and and just bank on it. Now does he ever end up becoming who we hope he he'll be? Maybe not, but I mean, I feel pretty comfortable saying he's going to be a top a QB one um, in the NFL for a while. Like, so, I mean, worst case, he's a top 15 quarterback, I think in my mind, at least because of his legs. Um, and I'm okay with that. So I would much rather take that. Cause I know I'm going to have him for 10 years and, or at least I believe I'm going to have him for 10 years. Yeah. And, and I got to believe, you know, and I know it's Jacksonville, they can do, just about anything and all of it can be bad. But I, I have to believe they're going to improve the weapons, the pass catching weapons in Jacksonville. I mean, they Coaching. haven't they haven't been good this year. Um the most talented guy that Trevor Lawrence has played with all season has probably been Dan Arnold and that's saying something. Marvin Jones. I I believe that Marvin Jones is talented, but man, this uh this offense has uh do you like my pull for the old guys? <laughs> and I, I love Marvin Jones, but man, he has he has just not been used really. It's not even to say he's not good, but he hasn't been used in this offense, which weird flex, but okay. Um, so yeah, so I gotta believe things will get better in Jacksonville, and T Law is the better player. So um, uh, we got we got short logic here. Visca in year three. Short logic. Can I can I just take a look into the future? Hold on, hold on. Okay, you're going to be saying Visca in year four, and you're going to be saying Visca in year five, and you're going to be saying Visca in year six, and you're going to keep saying it till he's out of the league, and you're going to go, "What the hell happened to Visca?" So no, you're going to see him um, bounce around like uh, Cordero Patterson. And then, like, when he's 28 or 29. Year seven breakout, baby. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And then you'll be like, I knew it. (laughs) Boy. Yeah. You got to go with the draft capital there. I mean, Lawrence is going to have more time to to show what he's got. They've invested so much in him. Uh, He's proven he's not a Ryan Leaf or a Jamarcus Russell at this point, which is good for him. You know, that bar is super low. He, he's, you know, he seems like a, he's got his head, head on straight and he's a, he's going to be a professional at his craft. And like Bill said, you know, get a new coach in there, which again, maybe it's the ownership. I don't know, but um, you think that the guy like that is going to be able to make something decent out of it. And, you know, if at worst he's a Kirk cousins, is that, you know, you could do a lot worse than, 
getting the next version of Kirk Cousins in in Dynasty. <laughs> I mean, dude who's a top 12 quarterback every year, I'll take that guy. I mean, that's what Kirk Cousins is. We don't we don't have to like him for real NFL, but he's a top 12 fantasy dude every year. So, I mean, I'll take that guy. Like, well, that, That's the other thing too, Josh. You mentioned it earlier, you know, people getting, you know, mixing up or, con, uh, you know, conflating dynasty or fantasy and, and reality. You have to be able to do it in reality in order to make an impact in fantasy. There's only so long. You look at a guy like Blake Bortles. Great. For those of you who wrote him for the two years that he could be a garbage time king, good for you. If you sold on time, good for you. But at the end of the day, you have to be able to make a real on-field impact in order to make a, you know, any kind of a dynasty impact for us here. So, you know, I, I love uh, what Hertz has done. I, you know, I loved seeing him make the transfer, do what was right for him, have uh, an epic season at, at uh, Oklahoma. And, uh, you know, but at the end of the day, he was still, what, a third-round pick, which tells Second. you something. Second-round pick. So, yeah. um, you know, versus, there's a huge chasm between where he was drafted and the 101 uh, regardless of the draft class. And, you know, no, maybe Trevor Lawrence doesn't become the next best thing to Andrew Luck or Peyton Manning or something like that. But he will be a solid quarterback for a while to come. And he will be, at the very worst, a QB2 while you sort out who your next big-time QB1 is if that's what you're going to do with your draft picks in the future. I like it. I like it. Tua so, or Trevor Lawrence? That's it. I mean, I love, you know, I I spoke up for Tua uh, during the offseason, but it's it's Trevor Lawrence. I mean, I know mm. Tua has kind of looked good the last couple oh, weeks. Drew doesn't but, agree. But I uh, don't. I, I would take I would take Tua at this point. Guy who's been in the league a year longer, and I you know it, it sounds funny to say, but I think the Dolphins have made better moves overall, and they they look like they're doing better as an organization over the last two or three years. Ooh, that might that might be a 2022 bet between Drew and I, uh, Tua versus T Law, because uh, I like I said I love me some Tua, but uh, I think we might need to pump the brakes on a uh, Tua or T Law. But uh, I like it. Hey, I like it. So um, late, later on, later after this season is done, we'll have to try to figure out some uh, some off season uh, bets. I want to uh, know what Lindsey Kennedy thinks. I'm doing whatever she says. <laughs> Listen, listen, Lindsay. I don't care what you say. It's T Law all day, but I know she'll say T Law. So that's the only reason why I'm talking smack right now. But I don't know. Uh, hey, listen, that girl wins, and it's because she has an eye for talent. She knows T Law is the talent. So, uh, so I know she'll have my back on this one. But uh, j- just a funny one to to get us out here um, on on a uh, just on a laugh. Uh, our boy, not our boy. I just felt like saying it. Jameis Winston was injured in week eight. That was a lot of weeks ago. A lot of things have happened in the NFL since week eight. He has more TD passes, 14 touchdown passes. He's got more than the guy we just talked about, Jalen Hurts. All right? More than Jalen Hurts. More than Bill, I, I gotta, I gotta give you one punch in the stomach on the way out. <laughs> really? Of, like I've been saying this for all, the whole year. <laughs> a lot of uh, we give it, been getting the Lions a lot of love, so I gotta give you one punch on the way out. But uh, more than Jared Goff with with thirteen, more than Baker Mayfield, who is literally the definition of the Walking Dead this year, um, with eleven, and uh, DJ Daniel Jones with ten. Also I more mean, than Drew Lack. 
Uh, I mean, uh, a lot of people got more. I think I might have more touchdown passes than Drew Locke. <laughs> but um, hey, he's got he's got more than another guy we just talked about, Tua. Um, so that that's another guy more than more than T Law. We were to, we were just talking about him. Is ten, as, yeah, as well. I mean, man, if if we would have said at the beginning of the season, I know it's it's the New Orleans offense and it's Jameis who who don't care, but apparently he got LASIK to help the, the eyesight out and everything. If we said he would have had more touchdown passes than you know Trevor Lawrence and Tua, we might have been like, oh, maybe maybe not, and. All of those guys have a have a five week head start on him, and he still got more touchdown passes <laughs> than those guys. So, I mean that that is that is just an amazing stat. What like does does this stat maybe you know maybe we we try to float some you know some thirds out there to see if maybe somebody just doesn't want to deal with Jameis anymore and just try to see, you know, we don't know if he's going to be re-signed. I mean, I, I almost got to believe he has to be re-signed because we saw the Taysom Hill experience and for fantasy, it wasn't too bad because he ran for a bunch of yards. But when you throw four interceptions that were caught and I, I actually tweeted this, you know, people were like, Oh my God, he threw four interceptions. It's crazy. In the first half, Trayvon Diggs dropped two more interceptions. Like that, that's what we don't even I mean, they hit him in the hands and he did not come up with them. So it could have been six interceptions. I mean, it should have been. If it, I mean, I don't care if you play cornerback or not, if it's you in the hands, that should be yours. But four interceptions, just nothing going on in the passing game until Dallas decided in the fourth quarter. They just weren't going to play defense anymore, and they were just letting people, you know, 70-yard touchdown passes and all that. But I can't believe it's going to be Taysom Hill in 2022. I mean, do you guys think it's going to be Taysom Hill in 2022? No. <laughs> it can't be, right? Like, I mean. Sorry, Sonny. Yeah. I mean, I, I I like the Taysom that comes out there, and he's the gadget guy, and he's the running back sometimes, and he's a wide receiver sometimes, and he's a tight end sometimes. But that guy under center for thirty to thirty-five pass attempts, like I I don't want that dude. And I said that last year, and people were kind of like, oh, well, he's good, and he won games, and but I said, yeah, but we're kind of kind of seeing with Taysom. That that those were maybe the highs that taste them, and we saw the lows that taste them. And God, you don't want those kind of lows on your team. So I gotta believe it's uh, gotta believe it's gonna be Jameis. They sign him to a contract. They say, hey, you got us fourteen touchdowns in eight weeks. Let's see if we can get you know thirty in a seventeen game season, and you know maybe reconfigure that wide receiver room because they're another team with a, a bunch of bad wide receivers. So. uh yeah, if I but, get him but, for a third, I'm absolutely taking him. If I have him, I'm not giving him up for a third, though. I'll wait and see. I've been I've been thinking that I think I want to float a third in some leagues for Jameis just to, just to see what the hell happens. And you know, worst case scenario, he signs somewhere else as a backup. You lost a third round pick. Who cares? 
and maybe that guy gets injured and you see Jameis anyway for a few weeks and he does what yeah. Jameis does and just throws it all over the field, not caring about double coverage or man or zone or any, any kind of defense really and, and just doing his thing. So yeah. just, just been some interesting I've been thinking about doing in some leagues because I'm sure there are some people who are just like, man, all right, he, he's injured. He was supposed to be the dude. And they, you know, you forget a lot of times about the early season success when a guy gets injured. You just remember all the zeros because he's sitting on your IR, not doing anything for your team. So I might, uh, I might be knocking, yeah. knocking on some doors in some leagues and seeing if, uh, if anybody wants to give up old, old Jameis for a third there. So, yeah, if you if you have a team in your league where he's the QB four or five or something like that, go for it. There you go. So. Um, all right, so we're out. We're out of here. Thank you to the chat. Short logic was was hitting us up uh, even even after we had uh, after just disgraced his uh, his Minnesota Vikings. Um, he still stuck with us. So appreciate appreciate you. Appreciate everybody who was in and out watching us on YouTube. If you were doing that, make sure you hit the bell. Make sure you hit subscribe um, so that you can you can see us whenever we come on. Uh, if you're doing the podcast thing, listening to us there, thank you as well. Um, if you just tripped and fell on us, hit subscribe so you, you keep getting this every week. Um, make sure you rate and review. Uh, it helps us out, helps us get in front of people. And uh, sometimes you guys are pretty funny in those uh, in those reviews. So uh, we like to uh, we like to see them. And on that note, Bill, we out of here. Later.